Good afternoon. Olympic hero Peter Boll could return to the track soon after his provisional doping ban was lifted. It's because a secondary or B sample returned a different finding to his A sample. That tested positive to EPO three weeks ago. Cameron Bow has more. It's an extraordinary development in a remarkable career. Peter Bowles' provisional suspension has been lifted. The 28-year-old took to social media to declare that he believes he has been exonerated. Bowles said that he'd received the results of his B sample, that the B sample results did not confirm his A sample, which had tested positive to EPO. In a statement, Bowles described his time since the result of the A test became public as a nightmare. He also reaffirmed that he believes he is innocent. I have never in my life purchased, researched, possessed, administered or used synthetic EPO or any other prohibited substance and never will. Peter Bowl provided an out of competition test in October last year. Last month it was revealed that the A sample from the test had detected the synthetic hormone EPO. I was shocked when the, uh, when the A sample uh, came out and I was uh, equally shocked when, when the B sample because it's quite unusual. Uh, there have been a few cases, probably a dozen cases that I'm aware of over the past 20 years that have, uh, where the B sample has been different to the A, but you know, it's very, very unusual. The dozen or so cases that have uh, occurred in the last 20 years have all been, interestingly enough, uh, related to EPO. But according to Peter Boll, that hasn't been backed up by the B sample. It's understood that Peter Boll will take some time before he returns to competition, most likely at a meet to be held overseas. Two of Anthony Albanese's signature election platforms are at risk of being shot down. Live to Rob Scott in Canberra. Rob, good afternoon. Which policies are we talking about? The government's housing and manufacturing plans and two multi-billion dollar policies which are now under siege. The coalition today confirming that it will not be supporting the housing plan which aims to build 30,000 social and affordable homes over five years, paid for through the returns on the investment from a yet-to-be-set-up $10 billion fund. The coalition says those returns are not guaranteed and there's a chance none of those homes will be built before the next election. The Greens are threatening to withhold their support unless the government agrees to set aside $5 billion every year to build more houses instead of the proposed $500 million from the fund's anticipated earnings. Why would we allow Labor to gamble $10 billion in the stock market rather than guarantee adequate, reasonable expenditure on housing every year? Housing for women and children escaping violence should be above politics. It should be able to be put aside so that we can actually get on with the job. We must all be, all be pulling in the, the same direction if we are going to achieve this. The Greens have also put the government's $15 billion National Reconstruction Fund in jeopardy, saying they won't back anything that allows investment in coal and gas. Labor needs their support after the opposition formally rejected the policy, which is designed to boost Australian manufacturing, saying it lacks transparency. The Liberals and Nationals, they say they're pro-manufacturing. They love wearing the high-vis, but really, they're... It's the Order. Cosplay Coalition. They love the dress-ups. They love the dress-ups. They love putting on the high-vis, never there to back them. The government says if we don't invest in local manufacturing, then we'll continue to be at the mercy of international supply chains. And Rob Scott in Canberra. Thank you, Rob.
There's been another drowning tragedy. A 67-year-old man pulled from rough seas at Kayama as his wife watched on. It brings the number of fatalities on our coast this summer to 23, one of the worst on record. Here's Natasha Squarey. Well, with this less than perfect weather, our beaches are fairly quiet today, but recently we've been treated to some stunning summer days. But sadly, we've also seen nine people drown across the state this month alone and seven of those deaths have been in the past six days. The recent was just yesterday when a man in his 60s got into trouble here in Kayama. The man had been swimming in a closed rock pool when he was struck by a huge wave and washed into the surf. Other swimmers tried to save him, but sadly, nothing could be done. People just to come and watch the ocean and to end up witnessing a man being like horrifically like beaten up on the rocks. It was a horrendous thing to watch. And with many more weeks of hot weather expected, Surf Lifesavers are now calling for more help from the government. This is tracking to be now the worst record in New South Wales history for summer coastal drownings. It's been tragedy after tragedy. On Sunday, 75-year-old grandfather Terry Summer was swept out to sea by a rogue wave at Nambucca Heads. And last week on the central coast, three people drowned on Wednesday afternoon including Catherine Singleton and her husband, Matthew Mulhall. The mother of three got into trouble at Fraser Beach and Matthew went into the dangerous surf to save her, but both were rescued by two surfers, but sadly the pair didn't make it. February, March is also always a spiking period for our drownings. We are you know, terribly concerned about where this toll may go. The summer coastal drowning toll sits at 23. A family in southwest Sydney has had a rude awakening. Just after two o'clock this morning, a gang of men broke into their home at Bass Hill. They were threatened but not injured before the men fled. Forensic officers have been called in to help identify the intruders as detectives establish whether anything was stolen. The days of horses on Sydney streets might be long gone, or so you'd think. That wasn't the case this morning around San Susie and Tarrant Point. Isabel Mullen has been out on the range. Well, these racehorses took themselves on their own adventure this morning, and if you were on the road early, you could have seen them galloping through South Sydney. How's <laughs> that caught on a run of their own making. Around 4am, three racehorses escaped their paddock in San Susie and took off in the middle of the early morning traffic, giving commuters something to smile about on the way to work, passing San Susie Pharmacy on Rocky Point Road, running across the Captain Cook Bridge and ending up here at Production Road in Tarrant Point, a 5.4 kilometre journey ending in a police escort through this industrial Industrial area. A couple of horses have run all the way from Brighton to Tarrant Point. Saw these dark figures ahead of me on the road as I was driving. I just had to brake because I did not like, expect it at all to see three horses. Certainly if I didn't have video footage, no one would believe me. Held here and fed carrots and apples until their trainer, John Sharra from Warwick Farm, came to collect them just before six this morning. I've been in the police for, for 16 years and I've never, never had something like this. Um, yeah, it was very odd. John Sharrett told us he was only 10 minutes away when he heard on the radio they'd escaped, admitting he could have forgotten to lock their gate properly yesterday. Not to worry, though, all three racehorses are now back safe and sound in their paddock. Thank you, Izzy.